0: Welcome, everybody, to Teach Me Pokemon, the podcast. I'm your host, Corey, and along with my co-host, Jared, we're best friends, been playing Pokemon for a very long time.
2: everybody and welcome to our second episode of teach me pokemon fresh back from the knoxville regionals and we didn't talk about this a lot beforehand but we actually went with another player logan (laughs) is here with us today we're going to get to know him a little bit better talk about our experience in the tournament and then in our second section we're going to have another big exciting big name in pokemon for you guys to get to know
1: and for all of us to learn too so first of all logan how you doing i'm doing all right so for everybody hi i'm logan um i've been playing pokemon on and off since uh oh wow uh 2014 um started doing x and y breakthrough format playing wobba bats oh uh, yeah everybody hated me uh but it was fine <laughs> i was a quirky little eighth grader uh doing what i do best and uh, not having to read any of cards because uh, Wabefet does that for me.
0: <laughs> wa wait, wait, was that the Wabefet the shut abilities
2: down?
1: Yeah.
0: Yep. Yep. Oh yeah. Yep. And then okay. Uh, On basics the, or non-psychic, non-psychic.
2: That's the looks that I was getting at the tournament when you flip Vicavolt. Uh, it's <laughs> like, oh, you're that guy.
1: Yeah.
2: You're that guy. So you don't even w- really want to play a game. Uh, <laughs> if, if is, is what that, that look insinuates, but it's good to have Logan here. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just wanted to, I think, take a little debrief of Knoxville, uh, great tournament. I thought it was run very well, yeah. very organized, minus the fact that there was little to no internet connection oh for about God. half of the master's field. Oh but that, I don't God. think that's within the control of the tournament. So that's not a, a knock against them, but, uh, I, I had a blast, even though, um, besides Logan,
1: it was chaos trying to put a deck together. Yeah. Jeez, no, man. I was, I was just, like, sitting there just like, okay, I'll order my deck, like, a month beforehand. I was just watching them, too. It was like, I just thought about it, like, literally, like, four days before, I was like, does Jared and Corey have a deck for this tournament? <laughs> and then, uh, then I get a text, like, a day later, just being like Jared just being like, hey, can we borrow some cards if we need it? I was like, okay, they might have a plan. <laughs> And uh, then the day of, they're constantly texting me, just like, "Do you have these cards?" And I'm like, "Oh, they did. They did not. Have a <laughs> they plan. do not.
2: They do not have a game plan." Yeah, Corey and I, uh, we we had quite the adventure the morning before the tournament. Quite embarrassing to talk about on the podcast, but this is why we need to uh, teach me Pokemon so that we can do some things better. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, was, it was it was very
0: nuts. very thrown together. We I flew in. From from Texas to uh, Nashville, I think what I landed what midnight or one in the morning.
2: Yeah, about one in the morning. Yeah,
0: we tried to find a way to maybe we could go get like a quick two hour uh, little sleep in. Uh, That did not happen, so we just drove through the night. Stopped at how many WalMarts? You know, five or something. Maybe not that many.
2: And just East East Tennessee was picked clean. Yeah, Um, there was even a. We'll throw this up on the show notes, but there's even a sign and a Target limiting people to the
1: amount of packs they could buy yeah, yeah. they still have that from um oh wow that's uh rent do you did you either of you hear about the logan paul scenario
2: no okay
1: this is this is this is back <laughs> and I,
2: again this is a different logan this yeah. is logan Hunter. Oh, yeah. <laughs> not <laughs> logan, logan paul Hunter. is on the podcast there, 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 I, internet
1: I, I am not logan paul uh uh-huh. <laughs> Uh, No, so uh, around COVID, uh, Logan Paul bought a, uh, started like showing off, he started buying a bunch of like basic Pokemon packs and like opening it and um, started basically just like looking at these, like, look at this $1,000 Charizard that I just opened and stuff like that. Uh, And then uh, the internet took notice and realized that there was a market for Pokemon collecting and products became on, like you couldn't find it like you like, would like the people be like lined up outside of targets like the opening day when they would restock like waiting to like buy this and like people would get in fights of a product. No Whereas that
2: was like, it's funny enough that's how it was for me outside of the target. There was a couple other people there <laughs> and everyone was kind of like what are you in for and this the, the other people there were there for action figures. Mm. And I was like suckers <laughs> not uh, the cards. Well I, I will say we we had
0: it kind of spot on. So we you know we had said Vicaval, I think, was going to be a solid play, with um, how Azul did at OCIC with Lost Box. Vickavolt has a very favorable matchup in the Lost Box. It, it can hit for weakness and Lugia, can somewhat slow down Mew, you know. But they can still get going there a little bit. But it does burn the ability for you to like thin your hand and stuff like that. So, and and it and it that showed true. Lugia, of course, was the most played deck day one and day two. But in day two. Uh, Vicavolt had the same amount of decks as Lostbox. It was like eleven point four percent into into day two. So like, Jared, we had it. We had it right. And and Logan, yeah, you tried we, to find us the cards. We just didn't couldn't get it together. Yeah.
2: But at the same time, I um I think we were I think there were better versions of the Vicavolt that we were running. We were running Vicavolt and Teleon. Yeah. I saw a lot of like speed. Vickavolt yeah. with Mew, mm-hmm. um, and I, I actually mirrored against that and, and
1: lost to it. It was it was a better, more prepared deck. Logan, you were running some Mew. I was running Mew. I was running the Fusion version of Mew, which is slightly more spicy for viewers. I was running Meloetta and trying to Elsa Sparkle and just kind of get there. And, uh, you know, we had a bit of a falling out. <laughs> <laughs> um, Mew did not like me that day, as I learned through my last half of the matches. But, you know, we, we had still have fun. We played some side events.
2: It was good. And then I would say, Corey, you kind of took the bullet and won what I could only call Subli. <laughs> and not and I mean that in the singular sense. Yeah,
0: the one Subli. I the call it the <laughs> I call it the put a deck together in the car. What do we have left over? Let's make it somewhat competent. Um uh, yeah. Subli Inteleon, uh some Moltres in there. And uh that was <laughs> was about it. Um, not great. Not, not a great deck when, when I can, what did I start one and one or one Oh one. And then into my third match, I hit mew, which I was like, Oh, here we go. This is Insta. You know, I, I got this, not the case. Like the fact that I was dark type still did not matter. And I think I plot, <laughs> I lost the, the two mew matchups that I had, uh, that day or no, I tied and I went one or lost one tied one. Not, not a great deck would not uh not advise
2: would not, not recommend Supply Italian on no no but uh I think we were all done by about we were all statistically eliminated by round five yeah, if I, I, remember so. that. yeah I remember I remember yeah so we, we started strong uh we didn't make it very far we ended up dropping from the tournament had some other things that we wanted to take care of in East Tennessee um but overall um I'm interested to hear everybody's thoughts from what you saw around you, um, the table next to you, maybe a funny story to throw in here and there. What is, uh, what were the takeaways from the tournament in terms of what did you learn?
0: Yeah. I mean, I'll go first. I think my, my two takeaways, I'll say the, the, the first one, uh, especially in the early rounds, you know. I'm always still surprised, like we said in our first episode, you know, Jared and I, I mean, we were, we started playing this game, Logan, when you were like five years old. So we've been playing a long time and been to a lot of tournaments, played a lot of random, random people in these regionals. And it always impresses me that people are like, they know what they're doing. You know, they, they they shuffle well. They Their speed of play is pretty good, although Jared did get in trouble for that. Uh, maybe that's your thing you'll talk about. But, uh, you know, it is, so it always impresses me. I don't know who these players are, but they, they know what they're doing, and their decks are always well-built. And I think that has to do with access to podcasts and YouTube, and, and they can see now... Uh, professional players put decks together and they can come into these tournaments with competent decks and it just comes down to how you pilot them. But th- that that always surprises me. Every time we go to regionals, always surprises me. Uh, I think my other takeaway that was probably funny and sad at the same time, I, I think it probably was my last round and I, I played it. I was out of contention, but uh, you guys were still in, in contention. So I was like, well, I'll just play the round anyway. And just to be surrounded by players that are there more for the fun. Uh, they enjoy there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, but man, it's hard to take in. Like, I think I had, I put my hoodie on. I didn't say a word to my opponent outside of just normal in-game talk. That was pretty rude. Cause I just wasn't in a good mood and just hearing these people just, Oh man, I'm so fun to be here. I just, it was infuriating me. So it wasn't as much funny <laughs> as it was like, and I'm glad there's joy. I, I want there to be joy in Pokemon.
2: But man, we're here to win. What are we doing? You know, what are we doing? Don't be happy right now. You got oh, Corey. You have so much to learn about being at the bottom tables. You have so much to learn. Logan, I'll throw it to you. What were your takeaways? Uh,
1: so, my takeaway was. Oh. I think also part of this was uh, I wish I had episode one of Teach Me Pokemon before I went to Knoxville. <laughs> <laughs>
2: because uh, <laughs> you could have listened to a real expert talk about what you should have done in regards to the meta. Stefan?
1: Stefan's, like, my big takeaway is, like, I actually, like, thought about it a lot. And was, um in his take, I was like, okay, look at um if Lugia wins or what if something else wins, that's what you take. And I was like, and I think... um. Knoxville was definitely a big tell of that because obviously Lostbox won and there was a ton of and but Lugia was skirting in there because nobody was prepped for Lugia and then Wait, I thought Lugia won. Lugia did win. Nobody was prepared for it. Right, right, right. And nobody was prepped for it so everybody was just like, oh, we gotta beat Lostbox now and everybody forgets about Lugia everybody goes, oh right, Lugia's here again and then and I was just like, huh. That's a really interesting way to think about it. And just like how you can predict these things. And I was like, maybe, I was like, maybe Mew wasn't the right pick because of that. I was like, okay, maybe I should have been more prepared for what was, because uh, Mew is very good into Lugia, but very bad against things that are trying to uh, not as much beat Lugia. And uh, that is what I learned is those like, oh, I am having a very close time and like actually like having really good game against Lugia. Uh, but then I go up against lost box and, uh, that is my bad beat story of the day is like cry. Oh. Um, uh, my second game, uh, fourth round, second game is lost box. This is my like, okay, this is my big tell of how the tournament's going to go. Um, like this is my, I either go three, I'm at three, one, I'm in like a winning record or I go two, two, and I'm not doing hot, mm-hmm. uh, second game, uh, I start Genesect and which is not a great start for Mew. Uh, and then I have uh, a Elsa Sparkle, Big Parasol, Roxanne, and a bunch of dead cards on my hand. And I end up having to uh, Sparkle onto my Genesect and attach. And in order to kill the Cramorant with my Genesect to live. Mm. And, uh, not what you, you want, want to be doing on. in the matchup no. either. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's the reason the deck's called Mew, because you want to find your Mew and sometimes Meloetta. uh Jenna said, you want to be there, but not attacking.
2: Uh, that's rough. That's yeah. rough. My my takeaways were this, and one was from my own experience, and one was from watching the finals and kind of looking around at what some of the top decks were. No, so my my own personal takeaway is about what Corey alluded to, and it's the pace of play. I have never in 16 years of Pokemon had another player at a tournament sit across from me and ask me so many times to keep up the pace of play, especially when they are so obviously winning. And it's not that I was sandbagging either. It's just, (laughs) I I don't, I don't usually play very thoughtful, searchy decks. Mm -hmm. I usually like to go quick. I mean, you you saw me in here. I was playing Clefairy uh, on uh, on PTCD Live. Uh, Uh, That's what I like. That's the type of deck that I like.
0: If we had just Um, found two more Clefairies, you were in. You were running that deck,
2: top aided baby. Don't sleep on the Clefairy. Don't sleep
1: on Clefairy.
2: (laughs) Uh, But no, that was that was my big takeaway. Is like I uh, the, the quickness that is still demanded from some of these more thoughtful decks. I had never been in that position before. I personally don't think that I was pace of playing at a bad rate. This other individual did. It's different of perspectives. I don't think there's a right wrong here. Um, But that was, that was something that was going through my mind. The other thing was in regards to the finals Mm -hmm. and the state of the meta. So traditionally, Corey and I, we are used to a lot more straight meta lockdown decks. Mm -hmm. Garboder, Trevenant. Mm-hmm. These things that are so evident that you just always think that there is this Pokemon that is in the meta right now that will ruin mm-hmm. a lot of different things for a lot of different people. In my opinion, that doesn't exist right now in the meta, mm-hmm. right? You you have the Weezing, right? The Galarian Weezing. You can make the argument with Vikavolt. But in my opinion, still, those are harder to set up than what we've been traditionally used to in terms of disruption in the meta. However, what I've noticed is I still think disruption, not through Pokemon, but through supporters right now, is a key to a winning deck. Mm. What I mean by that is your stadium play is super important. And especially with the Eternatus deck that got second Mm -hmm. at Knoxville, well, what was it? Mm -hmm. Well, it was Galarian Weezing but it was also Judge. It was also Marnie. Like the goal of that deck was let me hit you big and set up while I screw you. Mm -hmm. And I, I think there's room for more of that because where so many of these decks today were worried about HP and weakness, it's more so about setup. Mm -hmm. If you can judge Lugia turn one, if you can Marnia Lugia turn one, if you can stop Reggie from setting up, if you can stop Lospok from setting up, that's what I felt like won more of the battles in this tournament versus purely the Pokemon that had
1: X ability or X move thoughts about that to you guys? Yeah, well, I also, I think with the ability stuff, I think answers for those things are way more plentiful than they used to be. I mean, like Caps and Cologne is a card that a lot of people are running now, though, like Weezing is kind of, like, running around, because it's like, okay, shut off abilities for the turn, I don't care. Like, I don't care about Weezing, I can just now do my and do whatever, and even like, like, there's like a scape rope and stuff like that, which is more like catch-all answers, same with like, um, just like those types of things are way more plentiful, and also I think, um, The answers in terms of like stadiums and supporters are way more plentiful than they ever have been. Like, uh, like you said, like Marnie and Judge, but also path of the peak just does what anybody like those decks want to do every single time. Yep. So you don't have to run those Pokemon. You can just say, I don't have to evolve my Weezing. I can just slam path and Reggie's and just be that disruptive deck while also hitting you super hard. Like I can choose both. Absolutely. But that's what I'm saying. It's
2: I'm, I'm so used to that disruption coming from the Pokemon.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: And in today's day and age. It's coming more from what you decide to run with said Pokemon. Again, I'll concede the Galarian Weezing, mm-hmm. a couple of other cards, um, but I, it's a different world for me yeah. um, in, in that respect. And I think the smarter players saw that and decided to disrupt hand, mm-hmm. energy, basic abilities through different things. Yeah. I, I Yeah. And
0: I would agree. I, I think the lock, you know, ability lock, item lock, you know, with seismatoad and, and how you, you know, even, um, my boy, a uh, Greninja, a little shadow stitching, like there's, there's old ways to lock down your opponent that way. But I would say also like, you know, even Zoro control or, you know, like Sylveon where you're searching for hammers and, and, um, Lysanders and things that can mess your opponent up. You're not necessarily attacking. You're just drawing, to get to disruption cards or your attack is search your deck for three cards and put them in your hand. Right. None of those are like hitting the opponent, but I know that is the Pokemon's move, I, I would say. So yeah, I, I think the disruption is different. I mean, obviously they're the control deck with the Evatol and uh Snorlax and, you know, your um, ESQ and different things that, that that control box, which I was looking at playing probably the most heavily until you know like two days before, and then the debacle of the supply deck happened. But um, <laughs> but but even that deck, like you are, you're discarding a lot of energy. Special energy is a big thing. But yeah, those those four, you know, Marnie Judge, um, and then Temple and Path. I think all. Yes can do things in different ways of hand disruption. Marnie is so unique. Like before we just had N, you know, and, and I'm down ah. to and him down to five and i down to two and I'm down to one, you know, Marnie is so interesting because it puts them on the bottom of the deck. So like, I know you don't know what your opponent has, but there's, but if there's no way for them to draw that card again, unless they can shuffle their deck somehow and then draw cards. So like if they're sitting on bosses, which you wouldn't know, but it's at the bottom of the deck, they're not getting that back. Yeah, absolutely, Judge, you know, if you're, if you thin your hand, or you thin your deck, you're like, well, there's 11 cards left. They judged me. I have two bosses left. I might get one. If you got two in your hand, you're not getting that boss back. So Marnie's interesting in that way. But, yeah, hand disruption, it just, I'm surprised. It, usually it comes down to, like, there's one big control deck that's very popular. And even looking at, you know, the, I'm looking at the list here from Knoxville. You know, obviously you have Wheezing and uh, Eternatus was second and there's a lot of disruption there and the Vickavolt, but like you look at, um, you have to go all the way down to, to Ryan, who is going to come on the podcast at some point was the highest ranking player here with Eva um, uh, um, Snorlax. So like, yeah, there's just not, you're, you're completely on. I think there's just not as much control as in some other metas.
2: And I and I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but I'm I'm just recognizing that fact mm-hmm. as as we look at this. It feels like you are more more so able to do what you want. And and I kind of like that. Like that mm-hmm. it it it's not like auto loss mm-hmm. for a lot of things. There's yeah. there's some there's some interplay here. Wasn't is-
0: Xander though? Wasn't he running um it was the Mew kind of control, right? He was like bringing out the like pump kaboo and then sticking it, or you couldn't retreat it. He had it with the running,
2: or was it Lugia control? I can't remember. No, no, no. no, I'm looking at it. So he
0: had, he had Mew, but he ran Dreepy in there that made it to
2: do with the Pumpkaboo. Yeah. So they
0: couldn't retreat it because then they reduced the damage with the um, turbo energy. So that was an interesting, like, spice into a Mew deck where like or you just go Mew you know like like Logan was doing you just hit him with Mew or or Genesect in your case but um <laughs> you know but then there's other variants of this as well so I think that's cool
1: even like uh I remember there was a big discussion for a while about t- two different Mew builds because there was like the one I was playing they used to be like the Mew build like that's all you played but then there was um this way more disruptive Mew build that came out That was like okay you're playing like three Path the Peak, and, like, three Judge. And basically all you do is you use Genesis to draw, like, your whole deck. And then you go, okay, uh, Judge, Path, go. And they just, like, sit there and you're just like, uh... <laughs> which is, like, super weird because, like, usually Muse like, the deck that is super weak to Path, and they're just like... No, we'll just use it for our own ends and just uh, out in next turn. That's that's a good point. You, you,
2: even before we uh, got on the air, we were even talking about the old pumpkaboo. Yeah, that that forces a judge uh, based on its uh, ability. A marsh shadow. Uh, sorry, Marshadow. shadow. Um, and I re- that, that's pivotal in a lot of games too. But mm-hmm. really, really interesting tournament. I had a lot of fun. I would go again and lose um, just because <laughs> it's fun. it was
1: fun to get back out there. But I believe our next. Uh tournament is Charlotte. Yeah, I am thinking about going to Charlotte. I am like 60% ongoing. Um because Mio and I are having a falling out. I'm thinking about bringing Lost Box. Oh the other boy in the band. Corey, when is Portland? Uh, Portland is
0: May 5th and 6th. Um we'll see. To to be determined. I, I don't know. I'm 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 hoping. We're we're actually going and I haven't told you this. Uh there's a Long story short, so Portland's where I grew up. That's that's my hometown. We haven't been back since my son has been born. And so there's actually a concert. Uh is an artist named FKJ. It's one of my wife's like favorite. And he actually is playing in Portland the week before. So we're going. So we we have already bought tickets. The problem is the tournament's the next weekend. And so <laughs> I'm trying to <laughs> and my dad was helping me with this, trying to find a game plan where potentially like we're there, you know, the week the the week earlier. We're, you know, doing sightseeing, meeting old friends and family and getting to meet Ellis while Lauren's there. And then Lauren goes back to Waco with Ellis. I maybe stay for the week, you know, um, clean up some stuff. We 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 run an escape room there as well. So, you know, I haven't been back <laughs> to that location in, in two years plus. So like do you know, check it out, see what's going on. And then, you know, if I'm just there for the weekend, then see what's going on. Maybe there's a Pokemon tournament.
2: <laughs> but but correct me if I'm wrong. Charlotte still our current deck list. But then once we get to Portland, because Charlotte is before Portland, am I correct in that? Yep. Yes. Portland is our first North yep. American tournament with the rotation
1: mm-hmm. yeah and they're changing. and scarlet release so yeah.
2: uh i don't know if we want to save that for another episode but i know we've already seen some things out of the, the japan scene mm-hmm. uh, do we want to go down that web before we wrap up this section how are y'all feeling about that
0: yeah i i, I don't mind logan do you, are you familiar
1: with the new set I am decently familiar. I've been watching a lot of there's a lot of people doing like testing videos and stuff like that. I'm like decently familiar with I've also been looking at results from Japan. I'm decently familiar with stuff. Um uh Lost boxes is uh still prevalent. Um Lugio somehow survives uh the dig is clinging on to life, but still is putting up good results. Um the Gardevoir EX mm-hmm. is very really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yep. the
2: Gardevoir.
1: Uh, yeah. Uh as well as um there's talks of Mariah on EX with uh, Richard Lucky VMAX. Yep. And uh, the big thing, which everybody was super surprised, is like, how did this deck crawl back? Uh, Garatina V Star is coming back. Yeah. I love that card. Yeah. And it's in, it's apparently like, it's like the big bad right now. Like everybody in Japan's like, this is like the card. Yeah. I, I, that
2: was my, first match of the day mm. was Lost Box, Giratina V-Star. Mm-hmm. And I, I honestly wasn't very well acquainted with that card mm-hmm. before. It, so, you know, I'm sitting there and I'm, oh, can I read that? And I'm reading this thing and I was like, did everybody
1: not see this set? <laughs> did everybody not see this card? This is ridiculous. Yeah. It was really prevalent in like early, like Lost Origin when like that card first came out and then it just kind of like fell out of favor. Uh and then as now like as rotations happen, some cards have gone away. It's like, oh, this this thing's still around. <laughs> right. It's just a it's massive and it just knocks
2: things out because it wants to. Yeah, free knockouts. Yeah, God, it's yeah. good.
0: I'm I'm looking at uh let's see, the deck that finished second was the guard the new Gardevoir deck. Uh I'm now I'm reading this supporter uh Miriam. Do you all know what this yeah. does? This That's is perfect. broken. Yeah. Shuffle five Pokemon from your discard pile into your deck. Then draw three cards.
1: Yeah, Th- those That's
0: things have problem. those things have never been put together like that.
1: It's yeah. either and also there's um it really because you trash along because the curlia um just yeah trashes, uh, draws yeah. two. Uh, it's really wow. nice. All that I heard is Clefairy just got that much stronger.
2: Uh. <laughs> All I heard was Clefairy.
0: That's actually true. Clefairy would really benefit from that. Interesting. We very much benefit okay. from this,
2: uh, this little piece of information. You know, maybe
0: we all go to Portland and uh, run Clefairy. There you go. Uh, no. <laughs> yeah, the, the Lugia builds are interesting with like single strike cards. It's kind of like yeah, kind of what they're I, it's, doing.
1: Look, yeah, actually gets fair.
0: Yeah, it's actually fair. Yeah, you actually have to try a little bit harder. Uh, I like you, the Tyranitar in there. That's interesting.
1: Yeah, it's for Mew, and uh, I believe Gardevoir is Dark Week. I'm like 90% oh, sure. Oh, yeah, that's probably true. Let's look that up real quick. I bet it And is. The, we were commenting yeah, on this before we got on
2: air. I love the Clef Key. Yeah. Like, that's clef- one of those cards that I'm used to. Mm-hmm. Stick the Pokemon out there, shut down the powers. While well, the
1: fits return.
2: Yes, it's it's that's that's what I'm more used to. Yeah. Uh, not that it would help me one way or another in mm-hmm. a tournament, but uh, just looking at the state of the game, it's very interesting. Uh, I'm excited. I'm. I'm. I like that it's also happening in the middle of the season. Mm-hmm. I, like we're we're gonna rotate out some stuff. We're gonna add some stuff, and we're gonna
1: ask the players to adapt before a major tournament. And it's a smaller rotation. They're only rotating one block, which is really interesting. Yes, uh, it's only D block, which everybody's expecting more, but they only got rid of D block, which is very interesting.
0: Yeah, they want to. And we didn't
1: on. lose that much in D block. Uh, we still lost some, we lost a lot of special energy, yes. which a lot of decks are really, cause like special energy was like the king and now it's no longer that way. Like Reggie's loses like a lot of its stuff. Uh, Lugia still is hurt a good amount. Um, yeah, it'll, it'll still
2: be there. Lugia worlds 2023. You'll see it there. Don't worry about <laughs> You'll see it there. It'll be there.
0: That. Yeah. Uh, I, I, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited for where we're going. But this this past tournament, and and uh, I'll say this, and then we're going to uh, cut to break real fast, but um, this top eight at Knoxville had all but one. There was two Lugias. Everything else was different. I love that. That is parody. Like that too. That That's is not parody. common. You know, Lugia, Eternatus, Reggie, Lostbox, uh, Palkia, uh, Arceus, Derledon, Vilcavoldt. And then of course the other um, Lugia deck was in there. Who is actually going to be our guest after commercial break here? Lance me, Bradshaw. So
2: me, to me, that just proves like even hearing the Palkia, like that's old spice. Mm-hmm. And and it's just so interesting to hear how things like you said, Logan, fall out of favor, mm-hmm. right? Giratina V Star, really good card. Oh, you know the best players aren't playing it. Uh, will will a majority of people will move shift the meta with them? But that Palkia player didn't. Right. They're in the top eight yeah. because I love that because love that they're they figured out something else that everybody else. So, yeah. Great tournament. Great results. We were watching the finals driving back to Nashville. Corey was giving me a play by play and uh, stay tuned with us because I think we're actually going to get the chance to have a player from that final matchup on. So not this not this week. We're
0: going to have. Uh... Brandon Salazar, he he's not able to make it on this episode. We're gonna get him on another one, but we are gonna have Lance Bradshaw, who finished seventh. He -hmm. was the other Lugia player, so in uh, in top eight. So I want to ask him there. You know, looking at these decks between him and then Andrew, who won the tournament, there's really like a few variations. It's it's a very similar deck list. you know, why did he finish seventh and why did Andrew win? You know, I mean, they were the two Lugia players. So we'll, we'll, we'll get a breakdown
1: on a streak lately. Yeah. Uh, Andrew's Andrew's been
0: back to back regional winners for like, like two, two
1: card difference also from his last list, which is insane as well. Yeah. Like it was very close, very, very
2: close. And then I know we're, we'll tease this. I don't want to mention any names. Corey has a particular guest. That we're trying to find. Oh yes, and I don't want to say who it is. Yeah, but it's uh, if if Corey is Captain Ahab, this is definitely his white whale um, <laughs> uh, of a guest, and uh, we, will, we will hope to nail that person down uh, as the show goes on. I think it'd be a really fun interview. Oh, it'd be great. Um, but uh, stick stick with us on that. But yeah, let's uh, let's wrap up section one. Let's go to break. And when we come back, we'll have our guest.
0: All right. Thanks, Logan, for coming on uh, the first part. Appreciate it, man.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me.
2: Well, welcome back everybody to teach me Pokemon. We are here in the second half of our show. And as always, we have a featured guest today with us is Lance Bradshaw. Lance was actually with us in Knoxville, but he was actually successful <laughs> um, to where, whereas we were not, but he finished uh top eight at the tournament, uh, running a Lugia variant, uh, I believe. And uh, we're here to get to know him a little bit better. And as is the point of our show have him teach Corey and I something and all of our listeners to something because we want to learn from some of the best players. That's what we're, that's what we're here to do. So Lance, thanks for coming on the show, man. Uh, Tell the audience a little bit about yourself. Uh, where, Where are you at? What are you doing in life? What outside of Pokemon is going on?
3: Yeah, so I'm currently a senior in college. I go to Indiana University. I'm studying information systems and business analytics. Um I work a bit as a TA, a TA for a few classes on the side, and then I'm starting a master's program in grad school next year. So, that's kind of where I'm
2: at. What are you what are you going to be studying?
3: I'll be studying information systems. So, it's just a it's a one it's an accelerated master's program, so it's just going to be one year, pretty intensive, but I'll have a master's after one year, so that's where so d- I'm looking to go.
2: Does that spill over into Pokemon for you? Like, are you, when you look at Pokemon, are you a data-driven player? Um, or are you, how, how do you think about that?
3: So, um, with my degree, it's a lot of coding, which I can't say that I am coding during my Pokemon games. <laughs> but I think there's a lot of stuff that does carry over. There's a lot of critical thinking and analytical thinking and stuff like that. So, I do think there is. Well, not as super apparent carryover. I think just logical thinking, problem solving, stuff like that does carry over a lot between the two. I like that a lot.
0: Where are like you gonna be going to grad school at University of Indiana as well? Or are you going somewhere else? Yeah,
3: yeah it's still at IU. It's okay. just um, just like a quick little plus one program to get my masters.
0: Cool. Yeah, Jared and I both went to Baylor. We did our undergrad and then we stayed for grad school at the same university as well. So, I, I think it has its it's pluses and minuses, right? That it, it's you know it, you're familiar. Uh maybe you have some friends that are sticking around. But then there's also like, well, it would have been cool to adventure out and check out another university. But um but we're definitely proponents of staying. Get that Absolutely, get sure. that degree.
2: Absolutely. Get that degree. Maybe your degree will actually pay you something. Uh. <laughs>
0: Jared and I did not. <laughs>
2: So here we are. so here we are. Uh, but we ain't mad about it. Uh, Lance, I want to ask you um, a little bit about your mindset in preparing for a bigger tournament. I, do you do you play in a league regularly? Are you playing online a lot? How do you how do you prepare for something of this scale?
3: Yeah, for the most part, I'm not too sure what the Pokemon scene is like here in Bloomington, so I don't really do much in person. And then when it comes to online games, the problem that I feel with like just like queuing the ladder or whatever mm-hmm. is there's like an MMR system, and unless you want to dedicate like a lot of time to just increasing your MMR, most of the people you just initially play against won't be the best testing partners, their decks won't be super optimized, and they'll be making mistakes. Mm. So mostly what I do is I just know other players who are, Pretty good players, and I'll just you know message them and ask them to spend you know a few hours that day playing some Pokemon, and then we'll just test it out like that. And I find that's what's most time efficient when I'm kind of on a budget of time, as you will.
2: Uh, no, I think that I think that's smart. You um, uh, you definitely be running to MMR players like me on uh, <laughs> on <PGZGO. laughs> Or you look like you got a question though.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, I, I was just, um, I, I I love that when Jared and I started playing, uh, Lance, you were probably five, so it was a long time ago. But uh, we we didn't have this cool stuff. There was Red Shark, I think was what it
2: was called. Yeah, this, Red Shark, man, this yeah, that's a throwback. Awful
0: program to try to play online, Uh, but things have gotten better and and things like that. But I, I kind of want to, Jared. If you're cool, can we just dive into some tournament stuff? Is that okay? Yeah, I'd love that. Okay, I'd love that. So I'm looking at your past, or I'm looking at your season so far, and mm-hmm. and Lance, you are like if the if. If the word consistency, if we were looking that up in the dictionary, we would see your name right there. So this is like uh, Milwaukee, uh, June uh, 69th, Peoria 70th, Arlington 44th, Orlando 68th, and a huge field there. And then and then broke through with your seventh place finish here in Knoxville. So you day two all of these, correct? correct correct which is awesome so you're gaining all your points there and then you got your top 8 here so i i want to talk about Knoxville. what was there anything memorable at least in day 1 was there a close match did you what was your record after day 1 tell us a little bit about that
3: yes yeah, so day 1 i went 8 and 1 Great. um i played four lugia mirrors and five non mirrors i uh-huh. went 5 and 0 in the non mirrors cuz lugia is a, a fair deck and then I lost one Lugia mirror where I just kind of bricked game three, which is how the Lugia mirror goes. Yep. Um. Overall, it wasn't super memorable. It was mostly just you know a Lugia run where I wasn't bricking too much. <laughs> I think the biggest thing for me across day one is my one loss, who was Hunter, was also my round ten opponent. So going into day two, and I got my revenge round ten. So that was kind nice. of nice. A, a nice. Feels good moment.
0: What well, was was Hunter running Lugia or was Hunter running something else?
3: Hunter is running Lugia, okay. and he bricked game three this time, so that's hey. Lugia me. <laughs> <either>. <laughs> if you're going to brick, that's let's...
0: Just, yeah, day two. That's that. just
2: how it is. Uh, wh- One thing I want to know, I because I think it's super interesting that day one, you went 8-1, because Corey and I are so used to seeing, um, you know, players ID into day two. What's your mindset by continuing competitive matches after round seven?
3: Yeah, so for me personally, I think no player should, like, if... I know when I was six and oh, the table to my left ID'd. Mm -hmm. I think that should never be the case. I think if you're in the mind here, I'll I'll first start off with just if you're six and two and you sit down, I will never ID as six and two Mm -hmm. because my goal is I want to top eight the tournament. I want to win the tournament. I want to go as far as I can. In that case, the best thing to do is play it out as six and two Mm because you can get two extra match points. But if you go into the tournament, You've never made day two before, or it's been a long time, and you just—it's much bigger deal to you to be into day two. Then I think it's completely reasonable to day two. So I think that the six and two is a personal preference, but at six and zero, you shouldn't ID because, like, maybe you're scared that once you get to six and two, you'll hit someone like me who will force you to play it out. But at the end of the day, a lot of people won't. So that shouldn't be a risk you should take. And you should try to get as many points as possible. So you should try to play your round seven. If you lose, that's okay. You still have round eight to play. If you lose, that's okay. Round nine, you have a good chance of getting the ID. If you do not, you still have another round to play. So realistically, round nine is the only round you should be looking to ID.
2: Okay. I like yeah, that. I like that. That makes sense. I like that day two mindset. I know, I like that you know what your goal is going into this. And I think that absolutely changes something. I think that's a good word of advice.
0: Yeah, so you get into day two. We'll just go right to to uh, top eight. So who? What was your matchup in top eight? You're in your uh, first round there.
3: Yeah, so I hit Weezing in top eight. Which uh, when yeah. I was looking at the bracket, I was Alabama. like, man, I would be happy hitting any of these decks, but Weezing. Yeah. And sure enough, standings come out, and I am point <laughs> zero three, I think. 0.03% of my opponent's opponent's resistance points. That's what it came oh, down to. Oh, dang! So they to the wheezing. I'm like, okay. <laughs> oh
0: no! So
3: now I have to play in wheezing. Um, Jeez. and if you don't know the way the wheezing matchup goes, is normally they play a judge,
0: mm-hmm.
3: and uh, you either draw a boss off the judge and you play the game, or you don't, and you don't play the game. <laughs> and uh, both the judges for my games were about four energy, so it's like, awesome, not Ooh. playing the game. So it's very quick match, but dang. that's how it goes.
0: Yeah. We watched, uh, Jared and I, we were driving back, uh, Jared lives in Nashville. So we were driving from Knoxville back to Nashville. We were, we were watching the finals with Andrew and and Brandon and, and it was just like, yeah, that's really what it comes down to, you know, as we're talking about it. So you just, that was just unlucky for you. And Andrew just got the the draws needed there to, to get out. I felt like at one point he top decked, uh, bosses or something really saved him maybe in game one or I, I'm blanking now at it, but, um. But, yeah, oh, dang it, man. Yeah, and he, It was such a unique top eight, right? It, it was just you and Andrew had the only Lugias, and everything else was different, which is really, I feel like, unique so far in the season. Yeah, that has
2: felt unique for the season.
3: Yeah, I think it's a little misleading because we look, I think ninth, 10th, 11th, and 12th, maybe, we're all on Lugia. So there's <laughs> a lot of Lugia right outside of cut. Um, yeah. I hit a lot of Lugia mirrors, A2. Uh, my only loss, A2, was to Andrew, but...
0: Yeah. Do you yeah. think, and, and, and so I'm, his deck list and yours, I... The only, the biggest difference I'm seeing, and you, you've probably looked at this obviously way more than I have, but the, you running the Raikou and he's not running the Raikou. You have the, the Snorlax in there. What, do you like the Raikou in, in Lugia?
3: I'm pretty sure he was on the Raikou. I think the two differences is I had Snorlax Keeper and he had the 16th Speed Lightning and a third boss. Is that correct?
2: Uh, is that what he was doing? Let me look at it one. That more might time. be the difference. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, walk he, us, you're, you're right. Yep. Looking at that. are walk, right. um,
2: walk us through. Cause I'm super curious about this, right? Like you, you as a player that's going top eight, that's trying to win this tournament. You're, I I think you're in the mindset that you're going to beat most average players. So then in your mind are these last two to five deck slots that are, are, are those for day two? Are those for the top eight? How, How are you thinking through, you know, finishing off the deck and what it means for you to reach your competitive goal?
3: Yeah, so I think a lot of the Lugia list is pretty locked in, other than like, I think like, I'd say like 57 cards are probably locked in the Lugia list. And then you just have a few slots. Um, if we look at these two between me and Andrew's list, his was just more consistency. He played the 16th energy, which was the speed lightning, and he played mm-hmm. a third boss. That's going to help him a lot in Mirror, and it's going to help him be consistent. Mm-hmm. Um, I played Snorlax Keeper, and that was because that switches control and Palky Articuno from bad matchups to favorable matchups. So those are a really small portion of the field um, control and Paul Akuno. I hit a control day one, so it paid off there. Um, But for me, it was just like, yeah, those switch those from like very bad matchups to very good matchups. So I just wanted to be safe on that sense and try to outplay my opponents in the mirror. Andrew went the more straightforward way and just thought, yeah, I don't think I'll hit those decks. I just want to be more consistent in the mirror, which is the matchup I'll be hitting the vast majority of the time. So, that's the decision there.
2: I like it. I like it. That's 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 a good word. Uh, Corey, you look like you're still looking up something, so I'm gonna throw one more thing at you, Lance. We we talked about this uh, on our last episode with Stefan a little bit, um, kind of talking about the difference between what you know what makes the ultimate difference, pilot or Pokemon. Where, where do you land on that? Like, would you, of running a different deck that day, do you think you could have made it farther? Um, or is it more a sense of you, like, I'm in control of, of this, and that's the more important factor of what's going on here?
3: Yeah, I think it depends a lot on the format. I think there is a lot to be said about having a good deck and having a good deck for the meta. And I think in the past, that's been a lot more important. I think that, you know... At the end of the day, I would say normally it's probably 30% the deck and 70% the player. But when we look at this format, um, when we see like 35% Lugia players, and we still see the Mm. same, and they're all playing 58 of the same cards, and then we still see these top players consistently performing with those 58 cards, I think um, this format's a little bit more the player um, than normally is. I'd say this format's maybe 15% the deck and 85% the... I don't know if I would say it's hard to say it's the deck versus the player when it's like playing, Lug- playing Lugia is such a big advantage that mm. it's a big um, option there. But it's very easy to just say Lugia is the best deck. I want to play Lugia or Lost Box. It's not much of a decision in my opinion there.
2: Yeah. Well, and, and- then I agree. I agree with you. Then it just comes down to, like you said, the last three cards and then the person that's operating and making those decisions live on the fly. I completely agree with you. Yeah, and and kind
0: of you know your your background, what you're studying, this you know data oriented, and I know you had said it earlier it doesn't really go into this at least in Pokemon with coding and things like that, but you know it was like well a little over thirty percent of the field was Lugia. You said you hit four out of your nine rounds were Lugia in day one. Is that correct?
3: Lance? That is correct.
0: Okay, so you're kind of at those percentages there. That, that so you're you're looking at it. Were you thinking of running something else besides Lugia? In, it, it uh, at Knoxville and if you didn't if you were like Lugia's the play were you just anticipating I'm just going to hit four mirrors potentially if the odds hit right and I just have to either get lucky or outplay in three of those or really just two of those four and then sweep the other five matchups does that make sense so I get my first question were you going to run anything else was anything close and then two do you think about that like well okay I'm just going to hit a certain amount of these Lugias and I just have to outplay them
3: yeah, so the only three decks I would consider running in this format would be Lugia, Lost Box, and Reggie. Mm-hmm. To me, those are like the three real decks. Everything else kind of feels gimmicky. Okay. Um and earlier in the season I was the first two tournaments I played in, um, in the Silver Tempest format, I played Lost Box. I didn't do super well. I've had a kind of a slow season overall. Mostly I've been pretty consistent in getting to day two, but then I've had rough day twos. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a big part of that, especially when I was playing Lost Box, is it's just really hard for me to play nine rounds of Lost Box day one and then show up day two and play yeah. six more rounds of Lost Box so just because <laughs> that deck is not easy to play. It takes yeah. a lot of a toll on yeah. your mental. Um, but yeah. Lugia takes much less. Yeah. And I think that was the big thing for me because that initially what scared me off from Lugia for those two regionals is Lugia Mirror is not great. Uh, Lugia mm-hmm. Mirror a lot of the time if the player who goes first just doesn't whiff, it doesn't really matter that mm-hmm. much. Um, they'll just win, right? Yeah. If they are able to just only bench one Lugia and you have to bench two Lugias, you're just at a big disadvantage. So I wanted to avoid that. Yeah. Um, but going into this regional, and I also played Lugia in Orlando, I kind of came to the conclusion that Lugia mirror is a little bit more skill-based than that. Yeah, if the player who goes first doesn't whiff, mm-hmm. uh, they win. But... If there is a little bit more variance and it does get more complicated than that, I do think the Lugia matchup becomes a lot more skill-based and the better player wins a lot. Uh, my Lugia win rate wasn't insane. I went 5-2 and two against Lugia across both days. Okay. Um, but I think a lot of those matchups I would have won, especially the earlier Wednesday 2, I would have won if I was on either side of the table for those. I think those were more skill-based were the ones later in the day. Were more luck based. Uh, if you sure. watched my stream match, I played against Connor, and he uh, drew past two games in a row. So obviously yeah. those were pretty luck based. But yeah, overall that, yeah. I was scared of the Lugia mirror. But the more and more I play it, the more I think it's not as bad as people say.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was brutal. That game one, you just like could you? F- I mean, obviously you know when he when he passes, you're probably thinking, oh geez man, like he's totally not drawn anything. But even his body language just looked defeated. Did, could you feel that, or was it just more just like, well, you knew he didn't draw a card, so, or he didn't play anything, so you knew he was dead drawing?
3: Yeah, I mean, I could tell he was dead drawing, but also Connor has big uh, protagonist energy, I want to say. So I, <laughs> I benched the second Lugia in both the games because I was like, man, this guy's just going to draw for turn and just have, like, ultra-world double or Yeah. Double <laughs> yeah. So I was a little scared just because uh, Connor's one of those players where I feel like could bait me into one of those. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, he definitely wasn't happy. He said after the match that, his previous match went a similar way, so that mm. feels bad. Yeah, two winning ends the top eight and just bricked both of them. Ugh. Uh sorry for Connor.
0: Yeah, that's rough. Well, well, we'll we'll have him on the podcast and get his take on the other side. So we'll see if he. <laughs> no, I don't think he probably wouldn't want to talk about it. Uh, okay, Jared, throw out one more question. Then I got I got something more fun.
2: Oh, okay. Uh, I, I'm curious. Uh, I want to revisit your uh, your percentage question because I think the Connor matchup brings in an interesting part of Pokemon that Corey and I talk about a lot, but I'd be interested in hearing yours. I, we talk about pilot, we talk about Pokemon, but then there's these uncontrollable factors that we all submit ourselves to as players, but they're not fun. Call it luck, call it whatever you want. Uh, I'm a firm believer that things have to break right for you in order to win a tournament. No, I don't think anybody wins a tournament purely based on their skill. Could be their opponents draw, their draw, prize cards, whatever. What what percentage do you put that into if we're talking about the three parts of Pokemon in terms of uh, pilot, Pokemon, and luck? What do you think the breakdown of all of those things is for winning a tournament in any format, not just in our current format?
3: Yeah, so I think variance and luck is a huge part of the game, but I think that's probably the most misconceived part of Pokemon, just because, yeah, like, if you're going to win a tournament, you have to get lucky. Even in today's age, in these 1,400-player tournaments, even making top eight, you have Mm -hmm. to get lucky. Um, Obviously, good players will get there a higher percentage of the time um, because, you know, they can miniscate, you know, risk-prevent, I guess, from this bad luck. But um, overall, I'd say... Luck is a huge factor. I'd say it's probably better, bigger than deck choice, but smaller than player skill. It kind of falls a bit in the middle there. But I think the biggest issue that players have when improving in the game is um, looking at this luck set because they'll say, oh, you know, I didn't make day two at this regional. My winning in, I just bricked two games in a row or whatever, right? And that, that very well could be the case. But the most important thing when improving at the game is to say, yeah, I got unlucky there's always something you could have done better, right? And it's just, if you just look past the luck and just look at what could I have done better at this tournament, and you improve, and you keep doing that, eventually, the wins will come naturally, and you'll get a tournament where you don't get unlucky. Mm. So I'd say luck is a big part of the game, but the most important thing when getting at better at the game is to look past the luck.
2: I like that. So like I want to, uh, Corey, if I might, I want to throw yeah. that back at you just real quick, because if I was sitting top eight, I don't know that I'd have the uh, integral fortitude to look at myself and be like, what could I do better from this tournament? Like I'd be, I'd be very happy with my performance. But when you look back at this tournament, how are you getting better from something as great as a top eight finish?
3: Yeah. So um, ultimately I've performed pretty poorly this season, in my opinion. So um, look at the whole season. There's a lot to improve on. Specifically on this tournament, there's still quite a few things I could have done better. Um, even outside of my top eight rounds some of the rounds I won I made a little bit of missteps and I've learned from those and I'll try to be more careful um, in my top eight match. I benched a second Lugia game one, which ended up losing me the game mm. I still think it was correct in the time because the only way I got punished for it is if I drew boss off the top, but which I did mm. but um, It's just something to think about and it's always these things where you just have to keep thinking about these situations and just constantly This being the mindset of how do I improve, how do I improve, how do I improve. And um, at the end of the day, if I finished, you know, four and five day one, or if I finished first place in this tournament, I'd still have the exact same mindset of how do I improve going into the next tournament. Love
0: it. Yeah. Jared, see, Lance is telling us we have to be consistent. Jared, we need to play like consistent decks, and we just have to improve every day.
3: See, but that's
2: the difference between uh, Lance's and I's, Major. I'm in the creative field, and uh, that's all that that's all, that's all that matters to me is crazy rogue decks, and I accept my uh, spot at uh, table 350. Uh, so that's just that just is what it is. People aren't going to learn a whole lot oh, uh, from old Jared Dallenhauer about how to get to the top tables, and that's why we have really cool people like Lance on this. Show. That's true. That's
0: true. Uh, okay, Lance, I want to go back in time for a second. Okay. So I'm looking at, I'm just on Limitless here. So if this is, there's more here to tell us, but U.S. Nationals 2016, I see a finish there. Was that your first season? Was that s- seniors or what? What? So here,
3: I'll do a little breakdown. So breakdown. I started in seniors, which is non Limitless. It was before Limitless was like a okay. officially thing. So I started playing Pokemon in 2014, gotcha. uh, like halfway through the season. And I was okay. in seniors. Okay, And I like, I like won some League Cups or whatever the equivalent was. Mm-hmm. I got... Top 16 at some regionals. I barely got my invite after playing draft the season. I went to Worlds. Didn't do great. Going into the 2015 season. 2015 season, I think I, again, it's in seniors, so it's not a big of a thing, but I'm pretty sure I top-aided every regional the entire season. okay. And That's then great. I won nationals in 2015 for seniors. Mm. And then going That's into huge. Worlds, um, I had, that was, I had the day one bye, and then I kind of flopped day two of Worlds, which oh. felt bad. Yeah. Because I was also on the team that worked with, jacob to make the archie stories list Uh, masters so i was also on that list that's one of the situations where i was on the list i was in seniors just didn't quite make it happen um and then i took a big break after i aged up from seniors to masters and that i played in like a regional i think in masters and i played in like two league cups and i think i won both league cups but i didn't do very well in the regional um and then i took a big break and that nationals that i played in the 2016 nationals Mm -hmm was pretty much the only event I played in the whole season after that. I got 17th, which feels a little bit bad. I was the only one who bubbled out of top 16 at my record. Dang. And then I took another big break for about another year after that. And I played for about a year and a half after that, like the 2017, 18, I think, are the year's Mm -hmm. season. Yeah. And then I took another big break for like a year. And then COVID happened, so I took another... (laughs) <laughs> him out, and then I started playing again pretty recently. I think I started playing again at Newark or New York or whatever the regionals was last season was when I started playing again. At gotcha. Masters.
0: Okay. So okay. Yep. That's on and off. I love it. No, that's good. I'm sorry. We kind of just jumped into, usually we like to get the background and I and I I sped us up. So that's my fault. But no worries. do you remember 2018, October October 27th, this is Portland, the regionals, okay? Okay. Do you, re- do you Do you know what you finished that day? Do you remember? Portland,
3: when, was that one the one that was expanded or the one that was standard? This
0: was expanded.
3: Was I on Buzz Rock?
0: You were on Buzz Rock. I that think is, I
3: finished like 13th. You're 13th,
0: Lance. Okay. You're incredible. Do you remember a Sylveon player from that day? Oh, No. <laughs> Day one or day two? Day day
3: two. Well, actually, there were there
0: were three Sylveon players. Uh, Did I
3: play you, or were you just in day uh, two? I,
0: <laughs> I don't think we played, but I okay. I finished uh, 31st, okay. sitting right here. There were three of us. It was me, uh, Landon Kettler, I don't know who that is, and then Daniel Ritray, I don't know. Three, three Sylveon players. I was looking back, and I was like, I don't think I played you. I know I played Raul round one. Or in day two was was round 10. I don't remember the other rounds. But that was, um, I played Jimmy in day one. I think mm-hmm. that was maybe round eight or round nine. No, no, maybe round seven. But it just was like the most frustrating matchup. Because it just was over mm-hmm. basically after turn two. But we played 50 minutes and it just didn't get anywhere. But... Uh, anyway, I thought that was cool. If I can always find cool. me and you in a, in a, in a regionals, I'll try. <laughs> <laughs> what was the one, Jared? Was Stefan? Oh, it was,
2: it was uh, Columbus. It was, na- it was Nationals. Or was,
0: yeah, yeah, it was NAIC. It was the one he yeah, won. It was NAIC, yeah. Or he got second or first or whatever. But, yeah. um, well, Lance, this is crazy, man. This is awesome. What Before we go, how many points are you at right now?
3: I'm at 300, I believe.
0: 300. So you're 50 away from the 50 invite? Away. Okay. Are you gonna to go to Vancouver
3: this weekend? So, not going to Vancouver this weekend. Okay. Um, just a little far. Sure. For what I want to do. I three tournaments I'm registered for is I'm going to Charlotte, going to NI, or going to Fort Wayne, as it's in the state. And I did just register for EUIC, so I'll be at that one. Wow. That'll be my nice. first international great. Great. this season.
0: That'd be awesome.
3: Is that in Germany? Is that am I remembering? It's London. London. London, London.
0: Wow. Well, Lance, we're gonna be rooting for you, man. You seem like a Thank great you. guy. Again, like Jared and I, like Jared said, we started sophomore year in college. So I just, I I miss those days. Just play, play testing. We like, there were five of us all that lived together, Lance, and four of us play Pokemon. So it was like, if you ever wanted to play a game, you just like went across the hall. You're like, Hey, get over here. Like I want (laughs) to, I want to play. So I miss those days, but but this is the time, Lance. This is worlds right here, baby. We believe Mm -hmm. in you. So
2: I love awesome. it. I love it. Yeah. yeah, but we'll be we'll be like Corey said, we'll be keeping track. We'll be rooting for you. And uh and down the road, would love to have you back on the show if that's something you'd love to do.
3: Awesome. Yeah, thank you guys so much. I'll try to um start getting more of those top eights and less of those top sixty fours <laughs> and one twenty-eights, but uh there we go. We'll see how it goes.
0: Cool. All right, Lance. See well you. appreciate you, man. Thanks for coming on and good luck the rest of the season.
3: Thank you guys so much.
0: That was a great interview, Jared. We enjoyed yeah. enjoyed some Lance time.
2: I like him. I like him man. He would be a uh, a really thoughtful, fearful, fe- fearsome, not fearful, fearsome opponent to go up mm-hmm. against. Um and we we want to wish him well in those tournaments he mentioned that he's going to.
0: Yeah. Senior year, Indiana University of Indiana. He's going to grad school. This is the time for him right now. This is this is the moment in your life. Go to every regional as you can before you have kids and responsibilities
2: i think you need some therapy oh wait, wait yeah. you, I think you you're like uh, you need some sports based therapy <laughs> about like missing your prime or not uh, doing enough and now you're living vicariously through our guests this that is, is what's happening
0: that is what's driving this podcast no doubt and uh and just just one what just one more Jared international just one more turn NAIC,
2: let's go yeah, it's add addict behavior at its finest um consistency was
0: what I learned from Lance. I think he, he knows what decks he's supposed to run. He has these 56, 57 cards that are key to a deck. And then these last three, three or four cards, mix them around, you know, help with your matchups, text, whatever you want to run, but he's just, and he's just doing it. And his season, I know he's been down on himself a little bit. He wants to win, which we all do, but man, day two and along the way, he's getting his points and, He's building up seventh place. It's a great finish.
2: I just appreciate the mindset. And I, for all of our listeners, I think you only, you can know why you're at that tournament, right? Corey talked about early in this episode, how he was frustrated at this last tournament because he was sitting around a bunch of people that weren't (laughs) there necessarily for the competitive aspect. That is why Corey is at a tournament. And it was really interesting to hear from Lance, especially talking through his mindset around IDing near those late rounds. He very clearly knows why he is here for his tournament. That player that he was talking about, that was like, "Well, if you've never made day, day two ID, that would be me, Corey. Mm. Like, if I'm sitting six two, I hope I don't run into a Lance because, yeah. well, I want the experience of of making it to that next day, right? Yeah. Um, and so I just think that's really interesting, like know why you're there and just enjoy it. Yeah. Right? Know why you're at the tournament and just enjoy it. Like we went with uh Logan was on earlier in the show. He had uh, he wanted to win but he was super pumped to go play in GLC after we dropped after round 5. And, and yeah. he loves that. He wanted to go do that. Like yeah. so so more power to him. So that that's what I'm walking away with is make every decision at a tournament based around why you are there.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and 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 own that. Own that perspective, you know, I you do if you're there for the community and you want to have fun and you want to win. Everybody doesn't want to go into a match to lose. But, you know, I think as opponents on the other side, if you sense that maybe, you know, try to not make it uncomfortable for them, maybe if they're because sometimes those players like Lance said, sometimes it comes down to luck, too. And you could be ultra competitive and not draw versus against somebody that maybe is enjoying just being there and just gets lucky. I've seen that multiple times where they just get their head ripped off sometimes, not intentionally in a bad way, but like it's more out of frustration, but just, you know, let them, let them have their win and their moment and, and uh, enjoy the tournament. I think the Pokemon community is, is, is one of, is one of the great ones, you know, of all these card games. I mean, people are always so friendly and nice. And, and so, yeah, I love, I love what you're saying, Jared, know why you're there and own it, own that. So absolutely. Well, Knoxville was great it wasn't the tournament we were hoping for but it was the tournament that we got
2: I have no regrets man I have I have zero regrets getting to see you getting to have you in town we left early for some college basketball. No regrets about that. Um, overall, I'd do, it, I'd do it all over again just with a different deck. I would do it all <laughs> over
0: again just with more prep. Yeah.
2: Just with more prep. <laughs> just
0: more prep. <laughs> what in the heck were we thinking? Uh, well, anyway, big, big thanks again to Logan, who uh, came and played with us, traveled with us. Uh, big shout out to Lance, top eight. Thanks for coming on the show. Uh, and as always, Jared, big ups to you for, for doing this with me. This is
2: great. Honored. I'm honored.
0: This is awesome. Producer Mike, he's over there. He's lingering. He doesn't know what the heck Pokemon is, but he's learning along with us. So this is great. Um, Thank you guys for tuning in to episode two of Teach Me Pokemon. Hopefully we'll have a great episode three. We'll get that all uh, locked and loaded for you. But until then, got to catch them all, baby.
2: Catch them all. You
0: can find us at RogueMediaNetwork.com, Teach Me Pokemon podcast. Come and dive with us.
2: This has been a Rogue Media Network production.